Ukrainians. Identity and Dignity podcast is on the air. Scrolling through the news feed, you might have encountered claims such as it doesn't matter under which flag Ukrainian citizens live or the peace is what truly matters. But do people really know the true face of Russian-launched occupation and its fruits? With this episode of War Explained, you will see why Ukrainians would give anything to live under free Ukrainian sky. Please stay in your basements for the time being, just in case there still are any shellings. But we're already here, everything is good. Thank you, boys, thank you. We still have some pancakes left. Do you want any? A bit later, a bit later. This scene was recorded by Ukrainian soldiers entering a residential building in the newly liberated town of Balaklia in the Kharkiv region. Joy mixed with pride are found everywhere. With Ukraine, normal life has returned. Two days afterwards, the postal service started operating again, and five days later, the first train entered Balaklia. At the same time, in the neighboring town of Izum, a mass grave was discovered. It's a field of aged yellow crosses surrounded by the forest's pine trees. The crosses have no names, only numbers. 202, 257, 285, 300. In the mass graves lie around 450 people, none of them buried in coffins. Some of them with hands tied down behind their backs, with signs of torture. When Russian forces enter, a typical set of actions could be expected. A system of brutal policing is established. All new Russian police and secret services persecute various activists, volunteers and just ordinary locals. They are arrested and then disappear. On the newly liberated territories in the Kharkiv region, numerous torture cameras surfaced. The rooms usually have a plastic floor to make washing blood away easier. They tortured me for 12 days. They beat me everywhere. They broke my arm. One Russian was holding it and another one beat it with a pipe. They beat me to the point where I didn't feel anything. They used an electric current on my fingertips. How they burned. All of those held with me were tortured. Sometimes they took someone from their cells two or even three times a day. I saw someone being carried out. I think he was dead. Russian troops normally live in civilian houses, usually those were residents fled from the war. Frequently, the homes are robbed afterwards. Local occupational Russian-governed administrations get formed, but often appoint Ukrainian figures who happily collaborate with occupiers, unfurling the Russian flag and encouraging pseudo-referendums. Stores are immediately pressed into switching to the rubble. Despite the fear, but also as a sign of protest, some Ukrainian store sellers refuse to accept the new currency and privately keep Ukrainian flags, because the flag matters to them. All schools instantly change the language of education to Russian. 
New teachers from Russia come while many former pro-Ukrainian teachers are repressed. Ukrainian literature gets archived from school libraries. The Russian textbooks with Russian-centric view of Ukraine's history are broad contributing to cultural genocide. But while being universally terrible, Russian occupation can be even worse. A pure nightmare. That is what happened in Bucha, a suburb of Kyiv. When Ukrainian forces entered the city after the Russia's withdrawal, they had to drive along a street with dead people laying along the road. It was Yablinska street, named as a street of apple trees. Dozens were found dead on the street, and hundreds more were buried in gardens nearby and mass burials. When evacuating, sometimes just a glance could put you in danger. A disabled taxi driver who failed to get out of his car in time shot. A man just sitting on a bench in his house and smoking a cigarette shot first in his legs, then into his head. Up to date, bodies are regularly found in and around Bucha. We couldn't even help the wounded because once you come close to someone who fell, you can get shot too. There were fewer and fewer of us. I was constantly looking back and sideways. We didn't care about each other and didn't pay attention to each other. Just some animal instincts took over. I felt like I was a concentration camp SKP. Remembers Taras Shevchenko, Bucha's resident. But it gets worse. To an extent that we still do not really know the scale of tragedy. Mariupol, the heart of war. Around 95% of the city was destroyed and almost every square meter saw fighting. The death toll of civilians is unknown but stretches into the 100,000 out of a pre-war population of almost half a million. Many of those who survived faced filtration camps, kept in makeshift camps and interrogated before being forcibly deported to Russia. People live in medieval conditions without any heating or running water. Imagine, six-year-old kid has to die from dehydration in 21st century. Imagine, the only way to cook is to use the open fires near the bomb shelters. Imagine going through cholera or dysentery because the city is swamped with rubbish, sewage and rotting dead bodies. In Mariupol, it's the grim reality. Yesterday I was in the city. There were bonfires burning near all the houses and food was being prepared. To all who left our children to die, burn in hell. I heard the little boy ask his mom, will the rockets spark today? Confesses Mariupol's resident, Angela Timchenko. What once was one of the fastest developing cities in Ukraine became a city of terror just in a matter of months under the Russian flag. Everywhere where the Russian occupation comes, one common feature arises. Ordinary citizens are in danger. The Ukrainian flag matters. And it has mattered for over eight years now. 
because the history of Russian terror and crimes began in 2014. Only after occupying our territory did Russia establish its rules and destroy any manifestation of Ukrainianism. Ordinary citizens are illegally mobilized or captured, tortured or used as human shield to cover military operations. If you are a public activist, volunteer or show any disloyalty to the Russian authorities, you will most likely be persecuted or destroyed, both physically and mentally. And until every meter of Ukrainian land is freed from occupation, Ukrainians won't taste even a bit of peaceful life with basic human rights. As much as the world is horrified with Russian committed atrocities in Ukraine, as much Ukrainians aren't surprised. For instance, shelling green corridors has long been a mark of Russian-governed war. Since the beginning of the war, Russian Federation has shot several humanitarian corridors. In 2014, during the liberation of Lysychansk, in 2015, near the outskirts of Avdiivka and in other places. We covered these cases of terror and what life of citizens in the occupied territories looked like in some of our previous episodes dedicated to Crimea and Donbass. Of course, Ukrainians suffer from the economic impact too. Inflation is increasing every year. For example, after the first year of Crimean occupation, the inflation rate in the region reached 47%. Prices rose significantly and pensions dropped. Some earn money by renting out housing to tourists in the summer, some travel to earn money. But if you take a family without additional real estate and a business, then you need to work hard to survive. Says Natalia, a local resident of Feodosia, a city in Crimea. That is the perspective that will evade ordinary citizens in the Russia-occupied territories. If you don't like it and want to leave, then be ready to face nine circles of hell at the artificial Russian checkpoints. Living under Ukrainian flag mattered in 2014 just as it sure does matter now. Struggling to pin their flag everywhere in Ukraine, Russia exhibits the most of its conduct of war. It means pervasive terrorist attacks. Being in a shopping center, at a train station or elsewhere, innocent Ukrainian citizens can die or be injured by a rocket shot. Since the 25th of February 2022, a huge number of terrorist attacks were committed. Since the 24th of February 2022, a huge number of terrorist attacks were committed. April 8, railway station in Kramatorsk, half past 11 am. 61 people were killed, including children, and 121 were injured due to the rocket attack. June 27, a shopping center in Kremenchuk. How past 3 p.m. The shopping center was completely engulfed in fire and as a result of rocket attack, 20 people died and 59 were injured. July 14. Vinnetsia. 10.40 a.m. A missile attack on Vinnetsia destroyed or damaged 55 residential buildings. 
burned 40 cars and two trams, killed more than 22 people and injured 68, with several more people still missing. These numbers just scream that we need to look around and see the true face of the way Russia leads its war. Again, it has been the case since 2014. Life under Russian flag speaks for itself. Make sure you know the story of Russian-occupied territories and you will see why flag matters. Now every Ukrainian feels the cause of it knowing the story behind it. Story of torture, bombing, killing, pure genocide. Ukrainian flag stands for rights, peace, security and, most importantly, freedom. The most precious thing Ukraine's fighting for.